All right. So in, in a somewhat unexpected way, the, the root of this shear kind of lent, lent itself to get closer to talking about hachana for Shabbos. We talked about expectations and vulnerability and how really nobody changes, nobody grows, nobody lives really if you don't, if you don't take risks in life. And how <clears throat> vulnerability is the only way that people can actually grow. And vulnerability means you have to have faith. You have to be able to open yourself up to risk the unknown, the uncertainty, and to not be afraid of the uncertainty. Because the opposite of uncertainty is expectation. Expectation is a belief that you have certainty in something. This is the way life should be. Life has to be this way. So it's different than hopes and dreams. Hopes and dreams are really vulnerable. Expectation is um, a false sense of certainty that this is the way life has to be. And so faith, emuna, in the, in the most simplest way, belief is the ability to be vulnerable. And so we talked about like the implications of what that means, that Shabbos is the Yom HaMenucha. It's the day of Menucha. We translated Menucha to mean vulnerability, that people have the capacity to be vulnerable. And vulnerability means that you have the capacity to have emuna, to have a faith, to have faith. And we moved into talking about one of the um, one of the things that happens when we don't have faith. We moved into talking about self doubt and the vacuum that, that's created by self doubt, which is another word of shame, another word of another way of describing shame. That self doubt is a psychological mechanism that creates the illusion of a deficit. And that the deficit that's created by self-doubt is really an illusion. Because self-doubt means that in this moment, there's a wide feeling of emptiness inside of me, which is not real. But it feels real. And it, it ruins, and can even use the, the word rapes, our, our psyche, our mind, our heart, of meaning, it covers up our soul. The Rishoner the says that when a when a person does an avera, so it's not that you it's not that you destroy yourself, but that the soul goes into hiding, and it's very fits in very nicely with what we learned from the words of Rav Cook, that when a person does an avera, he creates or she creates fear, unnecessary fear, anxiety inside ourselves. And that anxiety is really what self-doubt is. So that the, the nature of sin, the panemius of sin, the reason why we have a construct of sin, all things that are sinful are things that create self-doubt inside of ourselves. It creates the illusion that there's something missing inside of us that we have to fill. It's both the reaction to sin and it's also the cause of sin. A person doesn't sin unless a Ruach Shus enters them. The Ruach Shus that we're talking about is self-doubt. Self-doubt is the experience that 
there's something missing inside of me. There's something, there's some loneliness, there's some emptiness, there's some deep, dark pain that's inside of me that I need to fill. And I fill it with desire. I fill it with expectation. I fill it with all kinds of things that exist, which in reality, I don't need to fill. Because in reality, what I really need is to heal. And to heal myself means to heal myself from self-doubt. That's, that is, in, in Pneumius, what it means to be a, have a refuas hanefesh. Refuas hanefesh means that, that I am able to experience a healing of self-doubt. And that's what Shabbos is. Shabbos is the, is the experience of healing self-doubt. So what comes beyond that? What comes, what's the next step? What's the next thing we have to learn? So the next thing we have to learn is if we don't have self-doubt, then what do we have? And of course, if we don't have self-doubt, we have the whole, what's called the kaimasa adam. The kaimasa adam means the entirety of, of human existence. <clears throat> Without self-doubt, you humanity is unfolded, completely expressed from inside, from the core, all the way out to the outside, to the external and beyond, from the deepest depths to the highest height, outwards in every direction. So let's talk just for a little bit about what this means and then connect it back, of course, to Shabbos. Because again, what we said was that when Hashem rested on Shabbos, it wasn't the absence of work. It was the creation of rest. It was the creation of Menucha. Shabbos is, in and of itself is not an absence of creation. It's the presence of the creation of absence, if, if you will. In other words, Shabbos is the, the creation of the purpose of everything. It's the purpose of menucha. It's the purpose of faith. It's the purpose of all of life. So let's talk about what that means for us. Again, using using psych, using psychological function as a background, but in a way, I hope that will will give us an experience of what it means for us to have Shabbos. <clears throat> so we know it. It's. I don't remember who it was that actually said this the first time, but we say it in L'Chadaydi. We say, Soif Maisa B'Machshav Atchila. Soif Maisa means the, 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 the culmination of action is in the Machshav Atchila, was initially thought of. In other words, in simple, in simple plain English, what, the, what Rav Shlomo Alkovitz means in L'Chadaydi is to say that since Shabbos is the last thing that Hashem created, in other words, the seven, the, there were really seven days of creation, six days of Chol and one day of Shabbos. After Hashem created Shabbos, Hashem continued to create, but He didn't quote-unquote create anything new. The, the first seven days of creation were the foundation and the building blocks of all the creation that takes place afterwards, because Hashem is constantly creating. There's constantly more creation, but everything that's created after the seven days is a main of those seven days. And so everything grows out of those seven days. So 
the last thing that Hashem created was Shabbos. And what, and, and what we're saying is, is that the, the entire purpose of the six days of the week is Shabbos. So just to reflect on that for a few minutes, just to, just to think that through and to flesh that out. The first basic understanding of that is that even though Shabbos was created at the end, Hashem had it in mind at the beginning. In other words, you, would, you might say that Shabbos was like the end of all of creation, and the, 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 the Python, the, the Mechaber, wants to tell you, no, Hashem didn't create Shabbos as an afterthought. Hashem always in the back of his mind knew that he was going to create Shabbos. And obviously, if you push a little deeper, it means more than that. It means that Hashem meant to say, what Shalom Alkabitz means to say is, that when Hashem created the six days of the week, he was preparing for Shabbos. That the six days of the week is a preparation for Shabbos. And that's the way most, most of us understand that the, those words. Saif the, the end of all of creation, the culmination, the purpose, the, the, the destination for all of the creation is Shabbos. But let's 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 see if we could if we can go into that a little deeper, because we've talked about this before in different contexts. There are two basic spiritual ways. One is more of a Western view, and one is more of an Eastern view. And the Western view is that the destination should inform the journey. Know what your destination is, know where you're headed, know what direction you're going in, and then take a journey to head there. And that all of your journey should be for the purpose of getting to that direction. Don't get distracted, I'm sorry, for that destination. Don't get distracted, remain in the right direction, keep going. That's one view we all have heard, all different kinds of schmoozing about things like that. Know what your direction is, your direction is determined by your destination. And then of course, the more Eastern kind of philosophy, a more Eastern spirituality would suggest the opposite. Let the destination be defined by the journey. <clears throat> Go on a journey, life is a journey, life will take you in all different directions and the destination somehow hits you in the face based on the, the, the trip that you take. And of course, we need both in life. We need to have destination informing the journey, and we need to have journey informing the, de the destination. But here we need to talk about a third, a third Indian, and this is really what, what I think is very much a Jewish Indian. It's certainly very much a soul-based Indian. And that is both the destination that's defined by the journey and the journey that's defined by the destination begins with what's the beginning point of both of those mahalchem begins with it, what's called the ikaratzen of a person. And that is the, the, the core essence of who I am. So we've talked about this many, many times in many different ways, that the ikaratzen site of, of creation of, of man is to, to, for, for Hashem to express love into this world, 
There's no logical explanation for it. It's something that's above logic. It means to say that logic is too confining to express why Hashem created man, but that Hashem created man an act of love because Hashem wanted that there should be something that matters in a beautiful way, and that is the creation of man. In other words, this that Hashem wanted to express beauty into this world, the culmination of that desire is man. So we could say, number one, what is the culminating uh, purpose of all of creation? The purpose was for Hashem to be able to look down on planet Earth, see me, and say, wow, that is beautiful. And that experience as a human being is what, it's not just the, it's not just the beginning of everything in life, it's the purpose of life. The purpose of life is to matter. I matter. And my mattering comes from not just the recognition, but from the reality that Hashem created me. But the next step, what happens then? What happens after we fulfill the purpose of existence? What happens after we exist? The very next thing is that we, we, we want to express. If I matter, then I want to express myself. I don't want to remain stagnant. Even in all different kinds of spiritual practices where I want to be still and I want to exist in being, there's always a recognition that that being, the sense of being, wants to be expressed beyond itself. The human, the human body and the human mind is designed to move. Like a ship. A ship can, can remain in the harbor and we could look at it, we could admire it, we could take care of it, we could clean it every day, we could show it off to all of our friends, but if we never take it out to sea, then the ship really, in effect, is not really a ship. I think, I think I read once that airplanes, when they create airplanes, an airplane that remains grounded for a certain period of time um, becomes too dull, and, and the, it, the, the, the metal and the, the components that make up the airplane actually start to corrode. So airplanes, in order for them to be maintained, they must fly. They have to fly. They're designed that they have to fly. If they don't fly, then entropy sets in and, and it gets destroyed. <clears throat> so of course, if anybody's had, had like a bad day and wants to, you know, has ever experienced laying in bed and wants to say that being is more of a natural state than doing. Anybody that wants to say that it's much more comfortable to not do anything. So that's, of course, an experience of, of humanity. We all, we all know what that is. But in Panemius, we are all designed to want to express, to want something. <clears throat> everything in life begins with the neshama, and everything about the neshama is called ratzon. Ratzon means the desire, the will, the interest, the, the, the want, the motivation. So the soul in and of itself wants to express. And so last week we talked a little bit about that the, that the Torah is designed of mitzvahs and averas. And for many of us that were raised in the firm world, 
rituals, the rituals of, of religion, the actions of religion are very often disconnected from spirituality. Forgot who it was who said it first, but I think it's a very, it's a very important like um, thought that the conservative and reform movement of Judaism took all of the spirituality with it, left behind all the ritual. And unfortunately, the Orthodox took all the ritual and left behind all the spirituality. This push of us as, as Jews, as ritualized, orthodox, from Shemir Taramitzvah's Dati, whatever words we want to use to describe, wanting to adhere to the religion of Judaism. So it would appear as if the rituals are rituals. The rituals are a form of worship, a form of obedience, a form of sacrifice. We sacrifice for God by doing this that he wants and not what we want. And so we, we, tend, to, we tend to struggle with there's God, the spiritual being, there's God, the ritual expector. And these two gods somehow are one, but we don't really understand what that means. And somehow they, they, they fit together and, and, and we struggle with that. So let's then understand that the spirituality of religion, the spirituality of Judaism recognizes the state of being and the state of doing. Those two things, being and doing, cannot be separated from each other. According to the Arizal, it doesn't say it exactly this way, but according to the Arizal, Christianity took all of the doing. Christianity became very wealthy. It's a very wealthy religion. It's very ritualistic. There's all kinds of like, if you if you research it, you, you know, you can see everything in, in Christianity is about pomp. The Catholic Church is very, very wealthy. It's a country onto its own. Very, very wealthy, very materialistic. And all you have to do is you don't need to be spiritual at all. You just have to show up to Mass, say a few things, do your, say a few Hail Marys, go to the priest, say confession, and you're finished. We don't need to have any spirituality in Christianity, says the Arisa because the Christ, Christian faith took all of the chalik of, ritual, of rituals. The opposite of that was the Muslim faith. The Muslim faith took all spirituality and ran with spirituality and took spirituality. And so if you've ever studied, which it seems pretty clear that Christianity, many of the Rishayim hold is Avayda Zara, but Islam is not because Islam does not worship Muhammad as being a deity, he was just a prophet. They worship monotheism. It's much more monotheistic than Christianity if you if you study if you study the religion. And so throughout the generations, it's it's a, it's a little known fact, but it's certainly a fact that many of the Bali Mahshava um, at different times had all kinds of conversations with Muslims, with Muslim uh, um, religionists and mystics and all different kinds of things. They were very, very influenced by the Sufis and by other strains of Islam because the Islamists, the Muslims, have spirituality. So the Arizal says that Christians took ritual without the spirituality. The Muslims took spirituality without the ritual. That's why their countries are really 
are generally very, very not built. They're not very much, they're not living in the Olam HaAsiyah. They're not practic practical. They're, they're just living with this beautiful amount of spirituality. Of course, you can, you can go back in history and recognize that, that the Arab, Arab countries were technologically um, very, very advanced a thousand years ago. But what Darizal is talking about is in Panemius, the Christians took the, the physical, the, the Islam, Islamists, the Muslims took the spiritual, and Judaism, Darizal says, is the combination of both. We contain both. <clears throat> How does that work? So we talked about this last week just a little bit. The Rabbani Shalom gave us mitzvah zaseis, positive commandments, kum va'aseh, do something. All of the mitzvah zaseis, all of the positive commandments that we have in Pneumius are ways of expressing the, the true identity of myself. That means in every mitzvah that I do, there's two chalakim. There's the gufa mitzvah, there's the action of the mitzvah, and then there's the kavana of the mitzvah, the intention of the mitzvah. The, the halacha, it tells us how we're supposed to do a mitzvah. That's the action. The kavana is personal. When we have svarim that teach us the tame ha-mitzvahs, that teach us the reason of the mitzvahs, the reasons of the mitzvahs are there as guidelines to really beg and ask every individual, what does this mean to you? What does this mean to you? If we go through all of the mitzvahs, all of the halachas, all of the commandments that we're supposed to do, and you learn and understand what the halachas are, and then you can understand a little bit of like what the, what the tam is, what the flavor is, what the reasoning is, then you can connect to the mitzvah and then you can make the mitzvah your own. Every mitzvah I say is meant for me in my own life in the year 2020, in my life, in my way, to express another aspect of myself. Hashem says, leave no stone unturned. I don't want there to be any aspect of your life that is not fully materialized from being to doing. I don't want there to be anything left now, of course, that's not possible. You, nobody, there's no human being that can be fully materialized. See, the Buddhists talk about enlightenment. Jews don't talk about enlightenment. We talk about materialized. Materialized doesn't mean productive. It means fully expressed, that everything about me is fully expressed. That's the Indian of Mitzvah say. The Indian of mitzvahs say are mitzvahs that Hashem says, through this mitzvah, you can express something about yourself. And all of the mitzvahs, if you look at all of the things that you're supposed to do, every single one of them, and you put it all combined together, just looking at those things that you're supposed to do, you can express every aspect of yourself. Lulav is expressing something. <clears throat> um, Hashavah Zaveda is expressing something. Every mitzvah that we have, you're expressing something about yourself. You have a neshama, you have a personality, you have dreams, you can express it. You just have to know which mitzvah, where to plug it in. Each mitzvah is a plug. Each mitzvah is an outlet. 
your life is a plug. You have 248 plugs. There's 248 outlets. You just got to find which plug goes into which outlet. That's mitzvah saseh. Mitzvah loisaseh is from the other direction, but the same thing. Mitzvah loisaseh is these things that you're not supposed to do are all, and again, you have to learn not just the halach of what you're not supposed to do, but you have to learn in what way these things will damage your soul. My soul doesn't want to talk Lashon Hara, meaning, let's, let's like take that apart for a second. Of course, I, of course there's an impulse in me to talk negatively about whoever, whoever, whatever. Of course there's an impulse in me. Every human being has impulses like that. But if I do that, I am going to distract myself from what's more authentic. I'm going to distract myself from my ratzon. Every losase exists in order to teach me and explain to me not to do things that are not authentic to myself. Every Avera says Rav Kook adds more anxiety. That means every Avera pulls me away from my, what's authentically me. Everything about the actions of Torah are there, both the mitzvahs I say and the mitzvahs license say, they're all there to express myself entirely into this world. A person who's doing Torah mitzvahs right are expressing the entirety of themselves into the world, not denying myself, not sacrificing myself. It's not some abstract God that has a rut zone for me to do, and I have to do his will and not my will. It's the exact opposite. My rut zone is completely Hashem's rut zone. How do I know that? Because my rut zone comes from Hashem. My rut zone comes from that, what's called the chelik elotami mal that's put into me. So you'll say to me, but I'm not, I'm not a makubal. I never went to a makubal. Nobody ever told me what the sherish of my neshama is. Somebody You're right, but that's why, at least in this corner of the world, in this room, the most important part of Avodah Hashem is getting to know yourself. Get to know the tzuras hanashama. Get to know what you're like. What's your personality like? What's matim for you? What works for you? What chalik of Torah belongs to, to you? Each one of us individually. Some chalakim of Torah relate to me. Some chalakim of Torah do not relate to me. How do I fear? How well am I doing in those areas of Torah that relate to me? How, how am I doing in those areas of Torah that don't relate to me? What's, how much effort am I supposed to put into this mitzvah? How much effort should I put into that mitzvah? Essentially, how can I make it all me? Because that's the purpose of it all. The purpose of it all is express me to the fullest. I'm supposed to be fully expressed into this world. No stone unturned, no nook and cranny that doesn't have a light shining in it, no anything within me that's not fully materialized. And the more I could fully materialize, the more I can tra transcend. The language of many of the Bali Machshav and many of the Bali Musar, and even the language that people use today, seem to suggest that, that a person is supposed to sacrifice themselves. Don't do what you want, do what God wants, right? What would Hashem say you should do? What's the right thing to do? Not, not what's the thing you want. It's a mistake. It's just that the avoida is, and it's a hard avoida, 
and people really, I believe, should spend their whole life doing this. The, the avoid is getting to know what you truly want. Because if you get to know what, what's most healthy for you, you will see that it's not just that there's a place in Torah that you could do that. What's most healthy for me is this mitzvah and this mitzvah and this mitzvah and that mitzvah. Maybe we have to shed some of the negative experiences we have and the trauma we have, the religious trauma of uh, being, being told to do things in ways that neglect or reject who we are. Okay, that, that might be true. But here we're talking about the Pneumius Advarim. The Pneumius Advarim is that I am meant to be fully expressed. My neshama wants to seep its way into every aspect of my life. My neshama wants my guf to express the, the, what's found in the neshama to all corners of the world. And that's why the Torah is so caught up with do this and don't do that and don't do that, but do this and do it this way and don't do it on this day and only do it on this day. All of that stuff, all of the, the, the material, what's called the Olam HaAsiyah, the acts, all of the acts exist for the purpose of me expressing my Ratzon into this world. So in other words, there are spiritual ways where the, where the destination defines the journey, and then there are spiritual ways where the journey defines the destination. And here, what we're saying is that there's a third way. And the third way is the traveler is the most important part. Destination journey, I don't know. Who's going on the path? Who is traveling? That's the biggest question. The biggest question is who's doing it? Me, I'm doing it. <clears throat> the deepest, deepest place on earth, if you want to know what the deepest place on earth is, the deepest place on earth is the neshama of a human being. It's deeper than whatever the deepest point on earth is. What I, I think it's the bottom of some ocean somewhere or or. or it's the bottom of the Indian Ocean somewhere. I don't remember where it was. <clears throat> Wherever the deepest point on earth is, the neshama is deeper. <clears throat> and whatever the distance is between Shemayim Va'aretz, the distance between my Ratzon and the world is even bigger. In other words, you could hear the panemius of everything I just said, and you can turn around and say, okay, that's great, that's a, that's a great share, it's a beautiful concept, it's so nice, okay, it's great, I, fine, I, I, yeah, beautiful. But at the end of the day, it's like, what are we talking about? I mean, this is way too abstract, it's way too over my head, I don't know what my rut zone is, and I could spend my whole life with 55 different therapists and all over the place just trying to discover one little thing that's truly you know, uh, uh, core to my existence. <clears throat> so what does it mean I should find my Ratzon? So we'll talk about this in, in the simplest, simplest, least, hopefully least abstract way. And that is just to, to hazard over. The whole sight of life is that the Rabbani Shalom created me, I matter. That means that from all matter, 
that Hashem created. He gathered the most beautiful matter, the matter that matters the most, and he created me. That means that Hashem chose the choicest matter and he created me. That means I am chosen, right? We call the Jews the Am Hanivchar. So that's a, that's a conversation. I keep promising we'll do a, a specific shear on, on that. So we'll do that one day. But I am chosen to exist. I am the, the, the Bocher, the, the, the choicest of all creations. And therefore, what Hashem said to me is, if you matter the most, if you're the choicest, that means you're the, the best choice, I choose you more than anything else, I created you out of the, the best material that there is, then what I want you to do is, I want you to be a Balbahira. I want you to know how to make a choice. I want you to know how to make a choice. And this really becomes, I think, from, for many of us, a lifelong struggle. And that is, what is the difference between making a choice and being stuck in self-doubt? What is the difference between making a choice and being stuck in expectations of reality? <clears throat> so the answer really boils down to, again, this is really just pulling all this stuff together, everything we've talked about, to pull it all together. The hardest part of making choices is to learn how to deal with the negative material and the negative energy that's involved in each side of a choice. If I have to choose between A and B, A is not going to be perfect and B is not going to be perfect. If A is perfect, then A is not really, then, then there's really no, there's no choice to be made, right? If there's something that's perfect in front of me and I don't have any, there's no other thing that, 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 that I, I should do. If there's a, if there's a million dollars that's sitting in the middle of the road and I'm, and I completely take it, there's no choice. Should I take it? Should I not take it? You take it. It's, it's, it's perfect opportunity. Enjoy it. If there's a choice that means that one tzad is not going to be perfect in, in, in choice A, and one tzad in choice B is not going to be perfect. And the question is, how do I choose? What do I do? I don't know what to do. What self-doubt does to us is it says, because I'm afraid of pain, because I'm afraid of negativity, because I'm afraid of being a failure, so the only thing I'm going to look at when it comes to choice is the negatives. Oh, but this is, going to, this is not going to feel good. And that's not going to feel good. Which not feeling good is worse? If I do this, this is the possible negative consequence. If I do that, that's the possible negative consequence. Which negative consequence is worse? <clears throat> if I do this, I'm going to have to contend with this. And I don't like that. So I don't, I don't like this choice. I'm going to avoid, I'm just going to avoid the choice. I, I can't handle it. I, I, if I have to think of, of prioritizing my day, and then I realize that, oh, wait, there's a lot more that I need to do than, than I thought, then my priorities are going to get messed up because I just, I'm, I'm overwhelmed, so I might as well just lay on the couch. I, I, I just, I'll, I'll, right? That's what all procrastination is. Procrastination is avoiding making a decision. That's all it is. 
Making a decision means that I have the capacity to focus on the positive and not the negative. Again, I've said this to you many, many times. Christianity believes that when, when Adam and Chava ate from the Eitz Hadas, they introduced Ra into the world. That evil did not begin with God. Evil began with man. And ever since then, there's been an ongoing tension and a battle between the Satan and the Malachim and Shemayim, or even, even Hashem. Jews don't believe that. We don't believe that. We don't believe in the Koyach Hara. The Koyach Hara is a figment of our imagination. Now, it doesn't mean, it doesn't, I'm not saying that we have to be cokeheads that jump around on top of vans and sing Nachman Mu'uman. What, <clears throat> what I mean is that when we make choices, our choices have to be based on the Tzad HaToyv. When we look in the mirror, we have to see that which matters, not that which I'm failing in. When I think of how my day works, I have to think about what's working well, not about all the things that I still have left to do. I'm not saying you should avoid thinking about the things you have to left to do, but, but be honest with ourselves, how much of our lives are spent focusing on that which I didn't do as opposed to that which I did do. How much do I appreciate the beauty of what I've done versus being anxious or sad or depressed about the things that I didn't do that I was supposed to do? The neshama is kulay toiv. The neshama is kulay beautiful. When the neshama has its way, it's able to express itself from the deepest point of earth to the farthest distance that's known on this universe, and that is to the world around me. To go from the rut zone to the Misa. When I can choose to do something focused on the positive studim, the positive parts of both sides of the coin, and I can choose to do something because I want the positives of this, not, in other words, let, let, let's be very practical what I'm saying. Let's say, let's say you want to go on vacation tomorrow and you have a choice. I'm going to go to Orlando or I'm going to go to Guatemala. So you can think of all of the different possibilities, which you should. You should think of all the possibilities, the pros and the cons of, of each. But at the end of the day, how, what mechanism do you use inside your brain to make the choice? The mechanism we use inside our brains to make the choice must be my rut zone. And my rut zone says, I choose Guatemala. I choose Guatemala because I want to experience Guatemala. Not, I don't want to experience Orlando. Not, if I go to Guatemala, I'm gonna miss out on Orlando. I don't know if I really wanna miss out on Orlando. Once we start to get into the negatives, once we start to get into the, that world of possibilities, that is the deficits. Once we start to get in there, once we start to get into FOMO, once we start to get, to get into all that anxiety, we are lost. Our rut zone is hidden. Bechira means that I choose because I want to experience something. Simple. It's very, very simple. It's much, much simpler than the drama that exists in our minds about everything.
<clears throat> so Hashem created the world six days of the week. Hashem created creation. Hashem created what's called the Olam HaAsiyah. The world is a very, very hardworking place. It's very cold in a way because everything is about production. Everything's about what you do. And everyone knows that there's nothing, there's nothing that's, that's, that's complete. Even in the creation of the world, Hashem didn't plant seeds into the ground and ask the seeds to grow. He, cre he, he told the grass to grow, the grass grew. Then we discovered seeds. Like which came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken. The eggs came next generation. Hashem didn't create the cycle of life when he created the world. He created the world at some, at some level of finitude, which means there was something that wasn't perfect in the creation of the world. Built into the creation of the world, there was imperfection. In the Olam HaAsiyah, in the world of action, nothing is perfect. It's called the Olam HaPirid, the world of fragmentation. This is not that, and that is not this. <clears throat> this, this cup is not a pen, and this, and this pen is not a cup. That means built into the world of practical reality, there are fragmentations. How many times do we live in our lives focused on that which we don't have? This is a pen, but it's not a pencil. I want a pencil right now. So I'm, 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 I'm lost because there's a deficit here. I'm missing a pencil. So Hashem created the six days of the week. And in the six days of the week, he created action. He created this, this mechanism called action. And not only that, at the pinnacle of the six days of the week, Hashem created man. And man's job, as the Torah says at the beginning of, of, of Bereshus, was man's job was to work. Work. Be involved in the Olam HaSiyah. Work, 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 work. And so it's very possible for man to say, that my job on planet Earth is to be involved in the deficits, the fragmentation. Oh, you have a pen? Oh, so then you need a pencil? All right, let's create a pencil. You have an iPhone 5? Oh, so then let's do more. We could, we could create an iPhone 6 and an iPhone 12. Oh, you have that? You could create a Google Glasses. You could create flying cars. You could... There's always more you can create in the world of Asiya because there's always more that isn't created. There's always deficit in the Olam HaAsiya. So man, if we're left just to the material world, can work and build and build and build and build and build. It's the, 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 the Dara Flaga, could build and build and build and build and continue to have deficit, 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 because there will always be a challenge and a tension between that which is and that which isn't. And that's the whole Olam HaAsiyah, the whole world of action, the whole, the whole challenge of Bechira is, can you learn to choose and figure out the tension between that which is and that which isn't? But then came Shabbos. And the Iker Yusayit of Shabbos is that Hashem said, no, I don't want you to live in this world just acting 
just expressing, just being productive, just living in the tension between what is and what isn't. I don't want that. That was never the intention. The Olam HaAsiyah, the world of action, the world of building was never meant for the sake of just building and building more and building more and fulfilling deficits and filling deficits and filling deficits. That was never the point. The point was all the way from the beginning, I want you, Hashem said, I don't want a building. I don't even want Tyra Mitzvahs. I don't care about that. I care about you. The Torah and mitzvahs are ways for you to express yourself. I want you to become what's called a Baal Bechira. I want you to learn how to choose, not because I want the end results of your choice, but because I want you to learn to be a chooser. I want you to express your Ratzon into this world. When I look down in the world, Hashem says, what I want to see is every single person in this world being the best they could be. I want to see every single person be choosers. Choosers not getting caught and lost in, oh my God, I didn't do this. I have to do this. I need more of that. Of, of course, we end, up, we end up with that. That's part of the gullus of this world. But Hashem says, what I want is that there should be a complete connection between your neshama and what you do. I want you to be as authentically connected. I want your everything that you do to be complete and authentically expressions of your ratzon, of your soul, of your personality, of your potential. That's what I want, Hashem says. What you end up doing, I don't know. What's the difference? You want to have an iPhone 150? I can give you an iPhone, iPhone 150 like this. It's not a problem, Hashem says. I can do whatever, whatever. I can do whatever. That's not the point of this project called creation. The point of the project of called creation is, I want you, Hashem says. Soif Maisa b'machshava tchila. Maisa is action. That's the end. The culmination of all of reality is what you what you have, what, what was created, that which exists. The machshava tchila, the Svarim explain, is not is not in your thought first. It doesn't mean you don't read it as that it was first in your thought and then it ended up in your action. No. It means that there's something called the there's something that's called the beginning of thought. Or in a way, it means that which precedes thought. What precedes thought is called the Ratzon. What Hashem says is, I want... And that's the whole tachos of Shabbos. It's the whole cycle of Shabbos. I want that all of your actions should be about ratzon. That means, number one, everything you do during the six days of the week should be defined by your destination. That's Shabbos, right? Everyone, everybody here was raised to know that Olam Hazeh This world is only a, a, a hallway to get to Olam Haba. Six days of the week, whoever, whoever works, whoever gets busy preparing for Shabbos during the six days of the week will have what to eat on Shabbos. If you prepare, you, you, you have results. That's the most basic way of understanding the six days of the week on Shabbos. You prepare for Shabbos. You prepare in the Olam to get to Olam Haba. But then you also have, like we said, 
that the connection between Shabbos to Shabbos with the six days in the middle is also, you have to take with you the beauty of Shabbos that you had in the past. The journey also defines the destination. So that spirituality you can connect to during the six days of the week, that which is beautiful, that which is inspiring, that which is good during the six days of the week, that also leads you in a direction. And so you can even have Shabbos in the six days of the week. You can taste something beautiful during the six days of the week. You could see a sunset. You could you could see some. You can make someone smile. Somebody can make you smile. You can experience something beautiful. You can you can grow. You can do something that you 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 were never able to do before. You can you can have a good day and you can taste success. All of these things are shabbistic. All. All of these things mean the journey defines the destination. You don't have to worry about the destination. You can have oilam haba and oilam azetu. But the panemius hadvarim, the sight of it all, the purpose of it all, is that it's not about the journey and it's not about the destination. It's about the traveler. And the traveler is really all that matters. That Hashem looks at me and Hashem says, I love you, I want you, I'm thinking about you, I'm watching you, I'm looking at you, and I'm, and I'm watching the way you express yourself in this world, and I want to see more of you. I want to see you show up more in your life. I want to see you find more of that raw potential, and I want to see you dance in the light of that raw potential, and then I want to see you bring that raw potential from beginning to end. I want to see that all of your... All of your dreams are manifest in reality, that all of your goals are manifest in reality. And I also want to see that the things that you do in life are you. I don't want to see you being a fraud. I don't want to see you getting caught up in the escapes and the distractions that, that, that are out there. That's not you. I don't want that, Hashem says. Not, I'm not looking down at you saying, no, 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 don't do that. Hashem's saying, I just, I, I want to see you be happy. And happiness comes from self-expression. Happiness comes from when that which I do and that which I am are aligned. Self-awareness, self-expression, self-fulfillment, self-attunement, self-validation, self-encouragement, me. Whoever can eat, whoever prepares during the six days of the week can eat on Shabbos. Because Shabbos is this farm. The Svarim, the Zarek says, Shabbos is called the Yomid and Hashmasa. It's the day of the soul. So it also says it's the Yomid and It's the day of faith. Faith, as we've defined many, many times, means the recognition of my, my true essence. <clears throat> my true essence. That even though all kinds of things go on in this world that make me feel like I'm a million, a million miles away from the essence of who I am, but my essence is still my essence. And that the Ikri Yisrael of Amuna is the Amuna in my beauty, that Hashem is in me, Hashem made me. Hashem doesn't look down from the heavens to see me. Hashem looks at me from within me. And Hashem's there with me through everything regardless, at every stage, at every frequency, at every level. And so all of us should be zaychet to manifest ourselves into this world, to have Shabbos guiding us. And as we get closer to Shabbos this week, we should, we should connect in the deepest way to Shabbos, and that everything should be Shabbos-tick. And we should be zaychet, of course, to the time when Hashem will decide that there's no more effort needed 
for all of ourselves to be manifested in the world, but that Hashem will pluck the manifestations out and express it over everything with the coming of Mashiach. Good Shabbos, good Shabbos.